0: From Square Two, this is What's Wrong With Revenue? I'm Mike Lieberman, CEO at Square Two, and along with my longtime friend, Eric Kalis, and co-founder at Square Two and six-time entrepreneur, Eric and I will answer the questions CEOs have every single day, what's wrong with revenue? You can be part of the live show where we'll answer your questions every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, or catch the show on demand on YouTube and on all your favorite podcast networks. Also check out all our audio and video content on Square Two Plus at the square2marketing.com website. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody! Welcome to What's Wrong with Revenue. I'm Mike Lieberman, CEO and Chief Revenue Scientist here at Square Two. Welcome to Episode 58. What's Wrong with Revenue? What to expect when you start a new revenue generation effort? Such a good question. We've been talking about planning and budgeting and and revenue generation systems over the past couple of episodes. Expectations around what these kinds of investments and efforts are going to yield are really important. We're going to talk about that today. Before I get started, let me do a little bit of housekeeping. If you're interested in the show, head on over to YouTube. The Square 2 Marketing Channel has all of our What's Home with Revenue episodes posted to it. You can like it. You can subscribe to it. You can comment. We really appreciate the subscriptions and the comments and the likes. Thanks, everybody, who's done that for us. If you're into the show in its audio format, we're available on all your favorite audio platforms, all your favorite podcast platforms, Podbean Stitcher apple itunes you can check out the show there again subscribe to it and you can also download the shows the audio shows there listen to it at your leisure in your car on your walks on your phone if you're interested in the show very specifically you want to subscribe to the show there's a link at the bottom of the square two website it's called what's wrong with revenue click on it and we have a page dedicated to the show You can subscribe to the show directly. We will email you uh, updates about the show, upcoming episodes, and we will email you a copy of the show on Thursdays after the show is over if you can't join us live. And you can also submit questions and you can also get the show on your calendar if you do want to join us live. Remember, you can join us anytime, any Wednesday when the show is shot live. You can be part of the show. You can ask questions and we'll handle it from there. Also, Square2 has a streaming service called Square2+. Plus. That's at square2marketing.com backslash square2PLUS. All of our audio and video content is hosted there. It's just like Netflix. You can subscribe to it and get notified when we update new shows. We uh, we also uh, send out emails with new content that we're uh, adding to the platform. Uh, We have channels for CEOs, CEOs, CMOs, and we have a HubSpot channel. So go check it out. There's a ton of audio and video content all there at Square2+. Plus. So today, we're going to talk about what to expect when you start a new revenue generation effort. And for a lot of companies, this might be the first time that you're thinking about doing something like this. You know, maybe the business has grown organically and it's been fine. Maybe you're finally tired of not hitting your revenue goals and you want to start doing something about it. There's lots of reasons why this might be the first time you're talking about this or looking at this, but it's not easy to predict what's going to happen. This is especially true when we talk about all things in business, but revenue is especially difficult to predict. Uh, It's hard to know, even with the best plan, what to expect in terms of results and business outcomes. It's very challenging in terms of where to look for results. Is it visitors? Is it leads? Is it sales opportunities? Is it new customers? Is it revenue from new customers? Um, Sometimes you want to look at your sales process as it relates to revenue. So are you looking for Um, A long, if you have a long sales cycle that makes it extra complicated around predicting outcomes, Uh, you know, a lot is going to go into this. And it's critical that you set expectations correctly. Timing is a big part of this process. We're going to talk about both of those things, setting expectations and timing. And there are definitely ways to know when revenue programs are working um, and when actual revenue is being realized. So we will try to dig into that and uh, help you with all of that. A couple of items I want to cover today during the show, Uh, what timing is reasonable for these metrics, how to transition over time from early expected outcomes to metrics in the middle or to a more mature revenue generation process. So uh, in essence, what you're going to look for in the beginning might be different from what you're looking for as the program starts to gain traction versus when the program is mature and working really well. We're going to talk about that a little bit. How patience is a virtue when it comes to revenue generation. It's very rare that things ramp up in hockey stick format. It's more likely that it's going to be a slow burn up and to the right. So patience across your leadership team and the executives in the business and the people running the revenue uh, generation process are all going to have to be patient. What are the variables that make programs produce more quickly or more slowly? And how should you think about which one of those scenarios might be right for your company? So in essence, you can tune your program to run faster or slower. We'll talk about how you do that uh, and what to do uh, if you think your program is consistently underperforming. So there's a lot to cover here today. This is a really big topic, but I think it's an important topic, especially as we get into this part of the year and people are evaluating what they've done, what's working, what's not working and what they wanna do about it. So let's get right into it in terms of uh, expectations. So I think where I'd like to start is um, with, with timing. It seems like a good place to start. Uh, there's a direct relationship between what you're doing around revenue generation and the timing of expected results. Let me give you some practical examples. If you're starting this exercise. And historically, you've done very little to produce your own leads. Uh, Perhaps you've leaned on referrals. Perhaps you've done some traditional marketing activities like going to events or trade shows and you've collected leads at those events. Perhaps you have a sales team uh, and a, a new business rep team, an NBR team, and they are hunting for new opportunities on their own and bringing them back into your organization if you've done things like that all along, and you haven't really done much to feed that machine with inbound leads or leads generated from uh, as a result of marketing activities, then you're starting from scratch, and your expectation should be aligned with that point in your growth, uh, maturity around revenue generation. You've been es- in essence, you've been using some old school techniques and in essence you've been brute forcing it over the past few years maybe even longer and it's been working and now for some reason it's not obviously if it's working there's no need to even have this conversation there's no need to listen to this podcast if what you've been doing is allowing you to kill it the first thing i would say to you is keep killing it right but if you're listening to this or you're concerned about some of the things we're talking about then you're obviously not killing it and you want to look at potentially doing something different so The timing is a really important part of this conversation. But in almost every scenario, when we get brought in to help clients add this revenue generation system to their already successful business, there are a lot of things missing from what's currently going on. And I'm not gonna go into these details because I feel like I've talked about this in other episodes, but the missing pieces need to get filled in. And that's usually what gets done first. So you don't have a good story. You don't have differentiation. You don't have clear... KPIs you don't have the right technology you might not be running the right tactics you don't have them organized in campaigns you know all of those things together we typically refer to as you know the strategy component of what we typically do with clients is get all that stuff built out your website might be missing pieces might not be able to do what you needed to do it might not be optimized for search you might not, not might not have enough content your your database might not be segmented properly. There's so many things that need to be audited and reviewed and fixed before we can really get to the fun stuff, which is generating leads and driving your business. So that piece of the puzzle, in some cases takes months, depending on how aggressively you want to attack those pieces that are missing. Um, In certain circumstances, we're able to condense that work into 30 days. And while expensive, can allow you to get a lot of work done in a short period of time to try to expedite the rollout of your new revenue generation system. In most cases, clients take months, three to six months, to do the work that I just described. Um, and again, this all uh, can be accelerated based on your budget and tolerance for, you know, getting a lot of work done in a short amount of time. So I just want to be clear: the speed at which the strategy work is directly related to your appetite to pay and, and help us do that work in a short period of time. Like I said, most companies, it takes a few months to get that stuff all in place. Once that stuff is in place, we can start planning out the campaigns. So that means we have all the tactics ready to go. We have all the assets we need, the content, the website, the messaging, the story, the differentiation, You know, the technology, we have all that in place we're gonna start executing some campaigns. It typically takes a couple of months for those campaigns to get traction. That doesn't mean that you won't see results in the first month, but I think part of what we need to talk about is what those results might look like. And I think that's a really interesting uh, point of a topic I wanna talk about in a minute or two. Um, The timing of the campaign launches will produce some initial results the maturity of those campaigns and the traction those campaigns get over time will produce better results. In essence, once the machine is turned on, it starts to sh- you know, smoke and pop and produce something. But as the machine gets tuned and as the machine runs more, as we feed the machine, as we optimize the machine, the results get better and better and better and better over time. This is also why I like to tell clients, don't start a program like this If you think you're going to have to stop it in six months, because the results will fall off a ledge, whatever momentum you generated for yourself after that period of time will literally degrade in a matter of weeks. So, you know, again, I can't emphasize this enough, this effort of revenue generation and marketing and sales together and all the things we've been talking about on the show has to be a part of your business forever. Just like your financial controls, your financial processes, your hiring processes, your firing processes, your, your, the way you review people, your, the way you manage your business, your, the way you um, service your trucks, whatever your business is, have processes and systems in them. You need something similar for revenue generation. So um, understanding the timing, let's talk about what you specifically what you should expect and when the very first thing you should expect to see is an increase in visitors to your website. Almost any of the tactics and campaigns that would be executed in that, in that middle period after the strategy work is done and the campaigns are designed and built and we start executing, the, the key metric is going to be website visitors. In the beginning, it's possible that some of those will convert and turn into leads, which would be great. But that very first metric you should be looking at should be website visitors. We want them to go up into the right. Honestly, I'm not really too concerned about how quickly they go up into the right. I want to just generally produce an experience that has more people coming to your site every single month, right? After a few months, I may have a good idea of what to expect in terms of that growth trajectory. Is it 10%? Is it 20%? Is it 5%? But I, I need some data, like everything today around marketing and sales is data driven. It's scientific, it's quantitative. Like I'm sure some people think my chief revenue scientist title is a joke, but it's really not. I I use that because the data associated with what we do is is very scientific. So I don't wanna make any predictions about how fast your visitors are gonna grow. I have historical data on how quickly they've grown or how long they've been plateaued or how long they've been declining. But in terms of how quickly it's gonna grow, I want a couple months of actual data to start planning that out. Also, what's gonna happen is we start to get more people to your website, we're gonna have more data on the performance of the website, and we're gonna have more data on the performance of the tactics that got people to your website. So if I'm gonna stretch my metrics and expectations around this system from website visitors, I'm gonna move into the performance of the website next. What pages are they going to? What pages are are, uh, triggering them to click and go to other pages, which is a positive outcome? How long are they staying on these pages? What pages are they bouncing off of? So those are some website related metrics that I'm also gonna look at early in the engagement. I'm then gonna look at what pages are actually turning visitors into marketing qualified leads or new contacts. Um, I'm going to want to make sure those pages are performing. Typically, those would be landing pages, but there are also going to be pages on your website that we're going to install offers on that will either be gated or ungated, and will give us data on how engaged the prospects and visitors are with your gated contact content versus your ungated content. And Just to be clear, gated content means they have to fill out a form, they have to give you some contact information in order for them to get what you're offering them. The ungated information is click on a button, get it, right? So we don't know who they are. They're getting the content and we can see how many people are getting it because we see how many people clicked on that button. Um, And we can compare that to how many people are filling out forms. It should be many more people are clicking the button and getting it versus filling out the form. People tend to not wanna fill out forms if they don't have to, but forms also tend to um, indicate intent, meaning, Anyone could click on a button and get a download, right? It could be a student, it could be a competitor. There's really no way to know whether that's an active opportunity or not. But when someone fills out a form, A, they're, they care enough about your offer to fill out the form, and B, you know who they are. You know their name, you know their email address, maybe you know their company name. You might not know more than that initially, but you can start to see who your content is attracting and who's filling out that form. This is all su- super valuable information early on in the development of your revenue generation effort. So I'm going to be looking at those metrics also. I'm also going to be looking at where people are coming from. So are they coming from organic search to your website? Are they coming from paid search to your website? If we're running paid campaigns, are they coming from organic social to your website? Meaning they found you on LinkedIn and clicked a link and landed on your website, or are they coming from paid social? Meaning we bought ads on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, and that's driving them to your website. We're also gonna look at how many people are um, referred to your website from other links that we have on other websites. So if you're in an association and you have a listing there and people are finding you there and clicking on that link and coming to your website, we'll know that, right? We'll know exactly what sources they're coming from. So we wanna see how well those are contributing to getting people to your website. And there may be a couple of other things that we're also looking at in terms of where are the people coming from to your website. But that's again, I'm going to stop there. I'm going. That's enough for us to start digesting whether the system is working or not. Um, and I may may look at that for three months, and and only assess that information for three months, right? And and make tweaks to the program based on that data over three months, right? If I have a landing page and it's uh, converting at five percent. That landing page needs some attention. It should be converting 20 to 40 in the 20 to 40% range. So, you know, again, that data is going to inform our ongoing efforts to, to tune and optimize the program. But I'm not going to get bent out of shape after a couple of months around whether we've generated any sales opportunities yet. And that may be hard for some of you to hear, but that is the, 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 the advice that you should be getting from anyone that's helping you in this area. You may get some sales opportunities by accident, but I would not expect any sales opportunities in the beginning launch of those campaigns until we've had the ability to get data and tune the program. Now, as we start to move a little farther down the road and we start to see exactly how well the campaigns are performing, how well are the emails working, how well are the paid programs working, how well are we doing on organic, is everything going up and to the right? Then. We start to pay some attention to who are these people who are converting on our website and flowing into the sale into the sales process. So at that point, I want to look at how many new contacts are we getting, how many of those are marketing qualified leads, meaning they're not vendor trying to get in touch with you, it means they're not someone trying to try, trying to apply for a job, and sometimes there's some sifting uh, through some of those new contacts. They, they could be students. I mean, we get students at our website who are uh, uh, looking for information for school projects. You want to sift those out, see actually how many marketing qualified leads are you actually getting. To be clear on vocabulary, the marketing qualified lead is the person, the, the legitimate business person in the industries we're going after in the roles we want, who are requesting your information, right? If we If we apply the buyer journey model to the marketing qualified lead, It's the person who's in the awareness and education stage. They are actively looking for information about your industry, your business, your products, your services. They found your website and they want to continue the conversation with you because they're asking for information. Okay. Those are marketing qualified leads. The sales qualified lead, which is the next step in the process, is someone who's asking to talk to a sales rep. So in the buyer journey, eventually people can no longer serve themselves information, they need to talk to a sales rep about what you do and how you do it, right? Typically they might need pricing information. They might have a very specific question about a product. They might want to know more about your engagement and how you work with them than what's on your website. While prospects today do control 75 to 80% of the buyer journey on their own through self-service and, 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 and information they can get on the web and on your website. Eventually for most of the companies that we work with, you know b two b large ticket, uh, l- large ticket sale, uh, like large ticket average, complex sale, long sales cycles. Eventually, they need to talk to a sales rep. And when they reach out to you and ask to talk to a sales rep, that's what we call sales qualified lead, meaning that the the person is qualifying themselves in. It's not necessarily a sales opportunity. It's someone that feels like they are ready to talk to a salesperson, okay? So again, those are the metrics I might start looking at after three to six months of a revenue generation effort. I'm now in that second, in that middle part of the process. I'm going to start looking at who are we finding contacts with and how are they engaging with the sales people in the beginning of the sales process, right? I actually want to make sure those are quality contacts, not just people who are looking for information who are never going to do business with us. So. At that point, I might start applying some analytics to that data to see how many of those are good sales opportunities. I may talk to the sales reps, hey, I saw you have a new sales qualified lead come in. They scheduled a meeting. How did it go? Are they a good opportunity? Or I might look in the CRM, look at all the sales qualified leads and see how many move to the next step, which would be sales opportunity. They want to talk to us. We talk to them. We decide it's a good fit. They decide it's a good fit. We agree it's a sales opportunity. We're going to the next stage in the sales process, sales opportunity, right? So what's the conversion rate from marketing qualified lead to sales qualified lead? What's the conversion rate from sales qualified lead to sales opportunity? I showed you that revenue cycle last week on the show. That's where we look at some of that data. It should be pretty high, those conversion rates. And if they're not, we need to look at why. And there are some things we can do to make those, conversion rates better. We can better nurture those leads through email. We can better nurture those leads through a sales process. We can better nurture those leads with chat on the website. There are a lot of tactics that can be deployed in that middle stage of this journey to improve those conversion rates. But again, we need enough data to make smart decisions. We need to have optimized and to program, excuse me, Tune the program enough to uh, see some of those optimizations start to improve those results. Now we're towards the end. Now that 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 might be great, right? For for a lot of you, more sales opportunities, better sales opportunities, uh, higher conversion rates in the beginning of the sales process. That might be a win in and of itself. But ultimately, we want to get this to flow all the way through and impact revenue. That's why you turned in tuned into the show. The name of the show is What's Wrong with Revenue? We have to make this produce revenue for the business. So the bottom the the back half of this buyer journey, which is heavily controlled by sales at this point, also has to be optimized. So we have to look at what's going on when someone has a qualified sales opportunity. How long is it taking to get them to close? What's the conversion rate from sales opportunity to proposal or agreement, whatever your paperwork, whatever you call your paperwork. What's your close rate on people, people who get proposals? Um, What kinds of activities are you doing with those prospects at that, at those stages in the sales process? How can those be optimized? How can the sales reps be better supported? Can lead scoring help them spend more time with better prospects? How can lead scoring help us nurture prospects and turn them into sales opportunities, like based on their behavior and their intent and, and the information they're giving us and what they're doing on your website and what they're clicking on all of that can be automated and built into this process. So um, again, there's data and optimization that needs to take place before anything is gonna actually impact your, your, your top line revenue growth. But if you have the patience and understand the timing to let that machine flow through and get built out, you are going to be left with a magnificent revenue generation system that will impact your business like never before the the insights into what's going on the data you'll have access to and the ability to tune that flow and that program is going to produce unbelievable results so it's it's like be patient and wait for the system to actually be optimized in, instead of being impatient and shutting it down before it ever has a chance to be successful okay i know that's a lot but that's how you have to think about it so let, uh, so we talked about timing, results, and metrics. We talked about transition over time, expected outcomes, middle journey, how patient do you need? We covered that also. Um, what are the variables that make programs produce more quickly or slowly? This is really a good point that I should spend some time on. So uh, what I just described to you, I want you to think, uh, I want to give you some other metaphors to help you understand what we're trying to accomplish here. Putting this into a business is kind of like a doctor trying to treat a patient. And let me explain that in a little more detail. If you came to me and I was your doctor and you said, doc, I don't feel great. The first thing I would say is, okay, let's try to figure out what's wrong with you. We're going to run some diagnostics. I'm going to ask you some questions. We'll run some tests, blood, x-rays, whatever. Um, I'm going to figure out what's wrong with you. The tests will likely uncover you know, what's wrong with you. And then I'm going to say, okay, here's what's wrong with you. It's not serious, but we need a treatment plan. Good news. I've treated other people like you. So I have a pretty good idea what your treatment plan plan should look like. I'm going to customize it for you because of your age and your genetics and your stated behaviors, you know, and your, 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 your family history. I'm going to, I'm going to customize this treatment plan for you, but we have to see how your body responds to it. And we have to see how you do. On the treatment plan for me to know how long it's going to take for you to get better and for me to even know whether you're going to get better right so while i'm giving you this plan based on my experience of treating a hundred a thousand other people like you everybody responds to it a little bit differently the same is true here for this kind of revenue generation system there are no two companies that are the same every company has different leadership every company has different culture. Companies are in different industries. Companies are made made up of people. The people often decide whether these are successful or not. You might have great sales reps, crappy sales reps, mediocre sales reps. You might not have enough sales reps. You might have too many sales reps. You might not have any marketing people. You might have too many marketing people. Your marketing people might be horrible. You might have one marketing person who's the brother of the CEO of the company. Like I could go on and on. I could do an hour's worth of scenarios like that, that that will impact how well or poorly this works but it the doctor knows eventually it's going to work and i know eventually it's going to work what we don't know is what's going to impact its timing and efficacy so the variables that typically contribute to this are all about what dictates how long it's going to take how well it's going to work. And one of the biggest variables is a how committed is the entire company to this? Because they the entire company has to be behind this kind of effort. B is it funded properly? Because if it's underfunded, it will take a significantly amount of uh, a significantly longer amount of time to work and produce results. So we have to make sure it's funded properly. We have to make sure that the people who are involved in it are able to execute it in the way we are agreeing it's going to be executed. And those are the three major variables associated with whether this works or not and how long it takes to work and to what level it's going to work. Right. I've seen lots of programs produce modest results. I've seen less programs produce significant results because of all the things that I'm talking to you about today. So. We have to work together with with our clients and you have to, if you want to do something like this, you have to work to, to manage those variables. Um, everyone has to be bought in. It has to be funded properly and we need to have the right people. All the rest of it, I can take care of. The same way the doctor will say, I know what medicines to prescribe to you. I know what physical therapy to tell you to do. I know how to control your diet. I know what tests we want to run on a regular basis to make sure you're progressing. But in a month, when the patient comes back and says, hey, doc, I still don't feel good. And the doctor goes, well, are you taking your medicine? And he goes, well, not every day. Okay. And have you stopped eating cheesesteaks? And the guy goes, no, nah, I just I just love cheesesteaks. I, I can't stop. Well, okay. Well, what about the physical therapy? Well, I went once, but I, I I didn't go back. Like, there's nothing the doctor can do to help that patient. And it's the same thing here. Like, we as consultants and experts in this area can only do so much. Ultimately, it's going to come down to you and your business and how um, cooperative are you in following the steps that have been laid out for you. If you are awesome at following the steps and doing what's been prescribed to you, you will see a significant amount of results in a shorter amount of time, and you will be significantly more impressed and happy with your outcomes than if you don't do it 100%. So the, the the variables are completely under your control, right? Lots of times we tell a client it's going to cost you X to get you to where you want to be, and the client says, "Well, uh, I only want to pay X minus 50%." Okay, I get it. Everyone has budgets. Everyone has constraints in their businesses. That's fine understand that that at that level of investment this is what you should expect it's going to take longer and the improvements will be more modest i guess it would be similar to the patient that says i'm only planning on taking your medicine every other day the doctor would say well then it's going to take you twice as long to feel better right and everyone has to make these decisions where they're on their own and and for your own business you have to make the uh, similar decisions for your own business so uh, We deal with this on a regular basis, and uh, my advice to to all of you would be to go into a program like this with your eyes open, and if growth and significant growth is really something that you are aspiring for in your business, you have to make the commitment across the board. Financially, people-wise, leadership-wise, you have to go all in. That's how this program will work. Anything less, just expect more modest results. It's as it's as simple as that. So um, I don't really think there are many more variables other than the three that I discussed. Uh, I think when you're in the middle of this, and maybe some of you might have been trying to do this on their own, you may be trying to do bits and pieces of this. You know, you may have an agency that's helping you with ad paid advertising or, or or search or or paid search, but you know, you don't have someone helping you with your website, you don't have someone helping you with content, you don't have someone helping you with strategy. I understand many of you may have had less than positive experiences with other companies like mine. Um, I understand that. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who have had less than positive experiences with some doctors, yet they continue to go to the doctor because they know that the doctor can help them. So uh, We try not to hold all doctors accountable for the bad apples out there. Try not to hold square two accountable for some of the bad apples that are out there in the agency space. Also trust that our system is well thought out, proven, and has the ability to get you where you need to be if you follow our guidance. Um, So one of the other things I wanna talk about before I wrap up today is uh, what to consider for your program if it's consistently underperforming. So let's fast forward. You've been doing this for a year and it's underperforming. There are some things that potentially you might not be doing. Um, And you can honestly apply this to any of the marketing and sales work that you're currently doing, whether it's part of the system I've been talking about or not. There are some things that we see are are generally not done uh, that contribute to underperformance. One of those is, uh, optimization there's let me back up for a minute today the state of marketing and and really sales too which is kind of getting dragged along with it is many people are struggling to figure out what to do and how to do it privacy regulations uh uh, the 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 technology companies are are working very hard to protect their platforms so that they don't get regulated. Apple has installed certain marketing related protocols. HubSpot has installed certain marketing related protocols. Um, it's getting more and more difficult to do what we do from a digital digital perspective. It doesn't mean you don't do it. That means you have to figure out how to do it in a more effective way. Um, a lot of clients over the past couple of years have bought third-party data from companies like Zoom Info and Seamless AI and other companies that that port to provide you names of qualified opportunities for you to start emailing them, to get them into your sales process so that you can close them. That exercise is becoming more and more pro- problematic for everybody. It's going to be more about first-party data, the data that you've collected on your own. and That means you're going to need solid digital marketing efforts to collect that data, to entice people to uh, introduce themselves to you because what you're offering them is valuable, which means your content and your website and your uh, lead nurturing and your uh, videos and your podcasts and your blogs and your uh, YouTube channel and your social media Platforms, all of those outlets are going to need to be highly tuned to produce the kind of experience that gets people to want to talk to you. And that effort, in and of itself, is one that is going to take long term optimization. It's very unlikely that you would uh, spin up a campaign that uses all of those outlets and have success out of the gate. The tools themselves the algorithms on Facebook and Google are designed to produce results. Like if you think about it, they have every intention of helping you generate leads for your business, because that is how you will continue to pay them, right? If everyone who used paid search on Google never got any traffic or never got any leads, no one would be paying Google for uh, search rankings. If, Facebook never produced any visitors or leads, no one would be buying ads on Facebook. So clearly they know what they're doing and clearly their algorithms are designed to get you results, but you have to give those algorithms time to tune themselves and you have to give yourself time to tune your program over time. And I think that the the optimization of our campaigns the optimization of our tactics is something that is under invested in. It's underemphasized. And it's actually a <clears throat> skill set that is not found too frequently in the marketing teams that I've encountered at our clients. I see people who can write copy, I see people who can create videos. I see people that can oversee the management of the campaigns. I see people who are great at HubSpot. I see people who might be good at email marketing. I even see some people who are capable of running paid campaigns. But what I don't see are a lot of people who are able to look at the data, synthesize that data, uncover insights in the data, and use those insights to inform an action plan. I'm going to do these three things this week to improve the performance of my program. And then I'm going to uh, set some expectations around those performance improvements. I'm going to let those programs run for a certain period of time, a reasonable period of time. And then I'm going to assess how I did. And I'm looking for month over month improvements. I'm looking to meet or exceed my expected performance improvements. And that will inform an entirely new set of upgrades, optimizations, updates, and action plans. And the cycle for that, again, I feel like I'm a broken record, but the cycle for that is ongoing. That never ends. Somebody in your marketing department, on your marketing team, in your marketing agency should be responsible and accountable for that optimization phase of your uh, revenue generation system someone has to have that duty to be evaluating analyzing and 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 creating the action plan that they will use to improve performance across everything you're doing everything sales process sales emails content sales is sharing website content social paid campaigns I mean, the website itself, landing pages, website pages, the blogs you're writing, uh, everything. It, it, it's a huge job, and it might be the most important job in this process because those optimizations will improve performance. And that job is especially difficult because the ground underneath of those people are constantly changing. Google updates its algorithms Everything we did for search, well, maybe not everything, a lot of the things we did for search previously have to be done differently. Apple changes its privacy regulations. All of the email marketing we were doing has to be adjusted accordingly. Facebook changes its security protocols around advertisers. We have to adjust accordingly. It's constantly changing. Marketers are overflowing many of the channels that we use, which means we have to look for new channels. Changes are going on at Twitter. Changes are going on at LinkedIn. Companies are aggressively building their own communities. At Inbound, HubSpot announced connect.com. Salesforce has a streaming service that it is driving subscribers to. There's a community there. HubSpot has a new community they're trying to build. Companies are shifting gears away from the traditional demand gen and inbound playbooks and focusing heavily on this idea of a community. And it's very likely that in the future, that community element is going to be a big part of what most B2B marketers are going to be moving towards. What does that mean for your revenue generation system today? How do you start to get ahead of that? How do you start thinking about your business's community and how you bring your prospects and customers together in that community? And how does your revenue generation system feed that community? Whatever the next step is gonna be, whether it's the metaverse or what or augmented reality or whatever it's gonna be, this this the, the industry is moving so fast that it's very difficult. And, and what you end up with is a lot of random acts of marketing, which we've also talked about in a previous show. It's highly inefficient, ineffective marketing that people are just doing because they think they should do them. So it looks like they're doing something, never really produces results. It just wastes money. Instead, you have to be much more thoughtful and organized around this. And I'm hoping that some of the things I'm sharing with you today, including, you know, what needs to go into your revenue generation system, how you need to think about what you should expect from it, committed you need to be to it, is all super important to to what we're trying to do for you uh, as a business. Square Two's business, but I really want you to understand what needs to go into this kind of effort to produce the kind of results you're looking for. And with that, I will say thank you today. Um, Yes, I'm here by myself today. I'm actually enjoying the the show, doing it on my own, but I will have a guest next week. Uh, Next week, we're going to downshift a little bit into a more of a practical topic, which has to do with your website and the platform your website is on. So, Uh, A lot has been talked about recently around security of websites and security of the uh, CMSs or the content management systems your websites are on. A lot of people have websites on WordPress. Some people have websites on HubSpot. We're gonna talk a little bit about the differences there and how it might be time to rethink your website CMS strategy, where your website is not hosted, not from a who you pay hosting services to, but the platform on which your website is built And what capabilities it provides you like I talked about how important optimizing that website is are you in a position today to go into your website and change three things on it on your own or do you need to go to a developer and submit a request and wait for them to get back to you and then wait a couple weeks for them to get around to helping you update your website that responsiveness around your website has to change and we're going to talk about that next episode I want to thank everybody for joining me today Um, if you want to check out the show, you can go over to square two marketing's YouTube channel. Um, All of the what's wrong with revenue episodes are posted there. Please like us, please subscribe, please leave us comments. We really appreciate all comments on all platforms. If you're into audio content, the show is available on all of the podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple, check us out there, subscribe to the show, and you'll get notified when new shows are available. Typically we post new shows every Thursday morning. We record them Wednesday night so you can get all of your audio content from those podcast platforms. If you love the show and you want to subscribe to the show, head on over to squared 2 marketingcom There's a link at the bottom of our website in the footer called What's Wrong With Revenue. The page is dedicated to the show. You'll see the most three, the, the two latest episodes. You'll be able to submit questions. Uh, I answered some questions last week. I didn't answer any questions today. You'll be able to subscribe to the show. So we'll send you the show after we record it. We will also send you an email letting you know what the show is going to be. And you can actually also get the show on your uh, calendar so you can attend live if you're interested in doing so. Last but not least, Square2 has a free streaming service called Square2+. Plus. You can get it at www.square2marketing.com Square2PLUS. All of our audio and video content is posted there. It's a Netflix-style streaming service. You can subscribe to Square2+, and get notified when we post new content. We have channels for CEOs, CROs, CMOs. We have a HubSpot channel. You can get access to our previous podcasts, this show, other audio and video content that we've created. We're about to be creating a new set of kind of strategy-oriented content that will be housed on Square2Plus. Stay tuned for that. Now with that, I'll say thank you, everybody. Have a really great rest of your day. And I'll see you here next week when we're going to talk about what's wrong with revenue. It might be time to consider where where your website is built Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon.